brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 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 Hi and welcome. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hello. Hello. There we go. Yay. Isn't that cozy now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Already. (laughs) The beeps start flying. Already. This is another suds segment, everyone. Where good beer meets really bad radio. With me today at the table for this special occasion is good old boy Mike. You are accused of heresy on three counts. Heresy by thought, heresy by word, heresy by deed, and heresy by action. Four counts. Four. <laughs> <laughs> three, four. Definitely four. Now, I, I'm, I'm running the soundboard in lieu of Dave, so I introduce myself... Using channeling Dave's, you know, that's right. Yep, wisdom, mojo, Dave Jr. Right? No, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not. No, four counts. Good old boy Kendall, welcome back. I am happy to be here drinking these beers that are super trendy in the 1800s. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's so rad. Generation A. Generation A. Oh yeah. Or pre-A. Good old boy Caperton. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be back. Man. Hey, you smell like old people. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that's so funny is because I get that from time to time. That's why everyone's laughing, right? Is that this is what this is what people think when I'm around. <laughs> No, no, it's like, no. What is that smell? It smells like uh, career disappointment <laughs> and, and, and aged depends. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad yet. Wow. I'm well, lucky I'll get there, though. And uh, over here in this other corner here. Who is that? Who is this freak? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reverend Mark, welcome yeah. the heck back. The potter is here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or today, I'll be Sir Lancelot, the mostly chaste. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly chaste. (laughs) I like that. Everybody has to have a goal. Chaste, but never caught. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, today is a brewery takeover episode. Yay! We're going to be reviewing... Listen to that crowd. Listen to that crowd. They're looking at the bottle. Like on they fire know what's going on. <laughs> We're going to be reviewing several St. Bernardus beers, mm. which is in Oatou, a village in West Flanders, Belgium. St. Bernardus is a staple in the Belgian section of any good beer store, but it's also one of those we tend to overlook and sometimes. You know, when we're searching for the latest crazy milkshake. Raspberry. IPA. Raspberry milkshake IPA. Yeah, you know. Mike's favorite. (laughs) Banned once again. When we're searching for a trend, we sometimes forget the traditional. But before we get into that, 
This SUD segment is brought to you by... The People Against Lactose Excess. The craft American craft beer industry is at a critical moment in its history, so let me speak directly to all the brewers. Hey, guys, you found milk sugar. Yay for that. It makes beers thicker and sweeter. We get it. We get it already. Lactose in a stout? That's cool. Milkshake. <laughs> Milkshake IPA? It's like, okay, I can deal with that maybe. But where does it stop, folks? Lactose lager? Milk sugar Michelada? Hmm? See? See where we're Bam, slippery slope? Again. So please, brewers, stop this before it's too late. Stop that insanity. Pale. <laughs> the people. Exactly. Yes. Well, we have some notes about St. Bernardus. Now, eh, I'm mm. not sure who should read them, though. I mean, we got Reverend Mark. Yes. Yeah. You've yeah. been to monasteries you before. Mm-hmm. You speak their you know? word. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> He's orally talented. I, I hang out in monasteries, yes. You do. But then, well... Mike, you spend most of your day walking around in a robe, and uh, yeah. can we just close that, even though we're sitting down? <laughs> okay, so I guess, you know what, we're going to go with Reverend Mark. Okay. Place those bets now. Okay, folks, but just... Take note of the fact that I am from the South, which means I'm phonetically challenged. Mm. So let's roll with this. Yeah. Okay, a, a short history on St. Bernardus. In the early 1900s, the Trappist fled the Mondicot, which is named after a local tribe in France, and they escaped to Watu, Belgium, uh, where they would not have to be taxed. There they took up residence at the Pottershoff Farm, also known as Cordywile just a stone's throw from the current brewery. They renamed their new home the Refuge de Notre-Dame de Saint-Bernard and began making cheese. Fast forward a little to the 1930s, France became more lenient about taxes, and so the monks decided to move back uh, to their original location. They vacated their dairy, and it was taken over by Everest de Conic. Not long after the Second World War, Everest de Conic was invited by the Trappist monks at West Lederen, West, here we go, <laughs> West Lederen oh uh, to brew uh, their, <laughs> and market their Trappist beers under license. I was going to say licorice. Licence. Uh, <laughs> Licence. <laughs> originally covering their 30-year period, brewmaster Matthew Zavronsky brought his considerable know-how to this new site, bringing both recipes and the very famous St. Sixtus yeast uh, as a new and as the new brewery was established right next to the cheese workshop. So I wonder if they had if they were cross utilization, you know, of yeast in between uh, what they were using in the cheese shop and in the brewery at all. Uh, that yeah. that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. good at one, you tend to be good at the other, sure, you know, because sure. you're yeah. working with, you know, something infecting something else. Yeah, or they are, yeah, are lichen <laughs> skills. Yes. And it takes a lot of beer to make cheese. So, yeah. Yeah. as you're making and cheese. Eat it as yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
1962, a new 30-year deal was signed to keep the beer flowing until 1992. In 1992, the agreement expired for good, and as the Trappist breweries had decided to award the authentic Trappist beer label exclusively to beers that had been brewed inside an abbey, so from that time on, the brewery's beers were marketed under the St. Bernardus brand name. Big doings. Yeah, so that was one thing that uh, when we were sitting down, I actually thought this was still part of that branding. You know, so the 14 monasteries that have this label of Trappist beers. Right. And this is not in that 14, uh, right. which uh, I I couldn't remember. You know, it, uh, there have been very few changes over the last five years, but... Honestly, this I just couldn't remember on the fly if they were in and out. So they're out. Right. They are not part of the tribe. And there's some, there's some label artwork that I saw where you go back to the period where it, that rule had not been declared and the monk had a, a skull cap. And then after it, the skull cap is removed. Oh. I never noticed that. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Ah. <laughs> Mr. F- Mr. Fancy Pants. Huh? Check out yeah. the knowledge base on Reverend Mark. <laughs> I'd read some yeah. history on this. Well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> I, I say I'd read the history on this brewery, and a lot of these are those original West Fletcheran uh, recipes that they are still brewing. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though Westie is now doing their own thing and using West Mall's yeast, uh, these are kind of the authentic ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll actually talk about that as we get closer to talking about some of these beers because we've had both West Lederen and, you know, these beers uh, in the past. And, yeah, we'll talk about how close, you know, those really mm-hmm. are, you know, at the end of the day. And the fact that we've now pronounced that brewery's name three different ways. Correct. That's right. But it is West Lederen, right? Uh, oh, I oh, heard oh, a, well, I actually yeah. heard a Belgian guy say it once, and I cannot say it like that. Mm. I, I think just totally different way of pronouncing we're, we're it. We're You're accused of heresy on three counts. Heresy by thought, heresy by word, heresy by deed, and heresy by action. Four counts. Four counts. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be true so many times during this episode. Oh, totally, totally. Right now, good old boy Mike, would you cinch up your robe and tell us about these beers that we're going to be tasting today? I think the key word is cinch. Yes. <laughs> Hitch it up, buddy. Today, we're going to be having the following five beers from St. Bernardus. The St. Bernardus ABT 12, a 10% quad. The St. Bernardus Prior 8, an 8% Dubel. The St. Bernardus Potter 6, a 6.7% Dubel. The St. Bernardus Triple, 8% Triple. And the St. Bernardus Wit, a 5.5% white beer yep yum there you go (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just just such a classic part of of monty python (laughs) (laughs) and it it sort of sums up the the crew here a little bit we're we're Whacking the bottles yeah. into our heads. I definitely, need, <laughs> I definitely need a lot more beer to get through the rest yeah. of this episode. Yeah. Yes. I like yeah. to self-flagellate with the triple myself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that on the radio? Apparently, we just did. As I can hear dirty, the NPR sensor actually bird. leaping across the room, hit the kill switch! <laughs> 
Oh my god. Where is that dark commercial break? <laughs> More beer. More beer table eight. That's what we need. Right here. Speaking of which, we'll be back after this brief interlude. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> As the monks are with us, blessing us on this most holy of beer episodes. Correct. Amen. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Rev. Mark, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. It's it's Caberton. Oh, it's Caberton. But we'll good old we'll back you up. It's me. We'll back you up. It's me. Oh, yeah. yeah, we got we got our move for you. Please do the honor of reading us this suds. I would be ratings. happy to. We'll be discussing um, and rating these beers with the suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Um, Here are those ratings now. A rating of one. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Um, there we go. There's a rating of two. Was that a belch? <laughs> rating of three. Ah, uh, what a relief. <laughs> rating of four A body should not Really make that sound It's getting, getting holy And a rating of five Listen to that hang time Give me another <laughs> They're not letting me in. I never thought that I would try to do a TM uh, humming with fart sounds in the yeah, background. Yeah. They're, they're not letting any of us into heaven. Wow. Now, so thanks, guys. Wow. Get to the beat. I think we did something there. Dude, I think my lips are numb now. I, think you're, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think you're a pretty good canter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have something to fall back on. <laughs> Put that at the top of your resume. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Okay. S let's get started. Okay. St. Bernardus ABT 12. It is widely regarded as one of the best beers in the world, if not the universe. Mm. It mm. is therefore no surprise that it is the brewery's flagship beer, ranked at the very top of the St. Bernardus beer hierarchy. It is brewed in the classic quadruple style and adheres to the original 1946 recipe. I love this beer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that recipe goes back further than 46, I thought. Right? Yeah, I thought it was one of the originals. I think I, this is one of the it's oldest. It's one of the oldest. I think that's one of the marketing dealios is that it's the oldest beer recipe in production. Mm. This is mm -hmm. just uh, pure magic raisins, yep. spices. Um, I can actually hear Christmas carols. So I'm, you know, drinking this. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. this is uh, so wonderful. I love it in a bottle. I love it in a glass. I love it on draft. I love it often. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If you can find it on draft, get it. Yep. It is spectacular. Yeah, I thought it had a very rich uh, composite uh, malt, toffee, raisin, rich fruit, and the nose was like a, a Weissenbach. 
I mean, it had that banana mm-hmm. yeah. that was just yeah. it just it was just it took me into all different kinds of beer directions. So like like the best Belgians, right? The yeast plays a role in every one of these beers that we're drinking today, and uh, that's it's just. Um, this thing drinks like an eight percent beer. I mean, it's it's they're all super drinkable. I yeah. think, and that's a classic sign of all, all these Trappist yeah. Trappist style beers. Yeah. Is the the monks actually have a word they call digestible, which to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. basically means easy drinking. Even though this is big and complex and rich and high right. in alcohol, it's a very easy drinking beer. Sure, it they is. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't taste the alcohol in this at all. It's it's just creamy enough that it's so layered, but it's so light on the tongue. It's very impressive. The combination on all of these is just super on point, too. silky smooth. One of the one of the stories of the Trappist uh, brewing history is that the quadruple is, of course, the top beer, the top strength. But that the single, double, triple, quadruple also denotes when the beers can be consumed. And during the work week, uh, the singles are are allowed to be drunk at the end of the of the day. The doubles are for Sundays only. The triples are for high holy days, and the quadruple is if the bishop is around, if the bishop is around. <laughs> the big guys. In so yeah. we're having all these well, beers on, on the same day. Big guy is in town today. <laughs> so if we're having them all in one sitting, what's that make us? You're, the you're, Pope. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be the Pope. There you go. We're next to godliness. Mm. Um, so I love this uh, brief conversation we had about Wesley 12, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because this uh, beer uh, definitely is a, I think a dead ringer uh, for Westy 12. And in fact, I actually remember somebody doing a blind tasting of Belgian quads and the West Lederen and this were in there and everybody picked this as the West Lederen wow. in that blind wow. tasting. It, it is so similar. And when we're talking about those rare beers, you know, like Treehouse Julius or Westy 12, uh, I think one of the things that makes them special is they are great beers, but they are hard to find. And Westy 12 mm-hmm. is extremely hard to find. If you can, drink it. But if you can't, drink St. Bernardus 12. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, uh, definitely when I think of the West Mall, um, that is a bit more lighter and cola forward mm-hmm. um, than what this is. This is like a 20-layer painting. Yeah. Um, Super complex. Is the thing I really love yeah. about this Yeah, uh, all the way around. And, and as it warms up, it just it yeah. completely changes the landscape, you know, which is so great compared to what it was um, when it was cold. But this is an all year round beer too. Yeah. I mean, I, we're in the dead of summer, and it's still I, so delightful. I'll have it. T- I'll have more today. Yeah, <laughs> all, my cups we'll are full. I think we'll all have more. <laughs> well, we're going to rate the Saint Bernardus ABT twelve a five. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to go to the St. Bernardus Prior 8. It's a traditional Abbey beer, brewed in the classic Dubel style. The original recipe dates back to the times when they still brewed under license for the monks of Westie, because I can't say that word. (laughs) Me either. Give it a shot. Westie. (laughs) 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 I know my limitations. West Fluttering? There you yes, go. West, <laughs> West Letterman. What she said. Yes. What she said. Um, definitely uh, slightly sweet, kind of roasty. Um, and in fact, we'll talk a little bit about 
maybe some crossover, you know, in terms of style with this uh, that Kendall and I were chatting about. But, um, I mean, even at times kind of approaching some aspects of old ale, um, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, incredible balance. Um, again, really great beer. You, you, to me, this is the only one where I knew it was a little high ABV. I get just a little touch of alcohol. Look. It's never hot, but you know it's there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, there's like an astringency as it's kind of warmed up here. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's an acceptable level, and it is with, with, with many of these kind of beers, of, of phenols. I mean, I mean, just a little bit, a little bit of spice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 A little bit of that peppery note. It picks up that pepper and clove and coriander, all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, just a touch. This yeah. Beer's, I'm this tasting the yeast strain a little bit more on this one um, as opposed to the. ABT twelve, but still, just it's a it's a great You're still getting that spice layer cake, you know, Belgian, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah kind mm-hmm. of that yep. thing coming through on this. And similar flavors to the twelve, I would say this mm-hmm. one doesn't have the intensity or complexity of the twelve, but it's it's also very uh, close in in styles, and I, I think this one blurs the line between mm-hmm. a Dubell and a Quad. Yeah. Well, and, and that was what Kendall and I were chatting about. I actually wrote down that I thought this was close to a light porter because it really had kind of a bit of a roasty quality about it. Um, and I actually it didn't look at the style, even though I knew the eight was a, a double. I, when I sat down, this was the first one in the flight that I had. And uh, I actually wrote down this is light porter with a big question mark, you know, kind of beside it. Yeah, it's got a little bit of those chocolatey notes that you get out of a porter. You always call it Tootsie Roll. Yeah, it's uh, yeah Tootsie yeah. Roll is a classic uh, taste profile, uh, I think, of when you have a great porter. Yeah, quite yummy, quite yummy. Well, the St. Bernard's Prior 8s, we rated a 4. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to go to the St. Bernard's Patter 6. It is brewed according to the classic Dubell style with a recipe that dates back to 1946. The name of this beer has become a reference for its style and is commonly referred to as Ein Paterki? Paterki? Forgive me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You were, yeah. you were not almost there. <laughs> How do you say that? You, you fake it well. You have to channel your inner Southern. The <laughs> <laughs> bell. Your inner bell. Uh, hey. So we had a story that happened uh, around this beer. That is that uh, it was one of the uh, few beers that our ability of sourcing this and getting uh, something fresh was highly frustrated. Um and actually, this beer uh, had a born-on date that was uh, past two years. So, uh, all we can say about starting off this... You smell like old people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, a, or a Best Buy yeah. best buy date, not a, not a born-on date. Which means yeah. it was probably it was, brewed about a year born, before It was born that. on <laughs> way before. Yeah. Wow. Just, this, uh, this beer is probably about three and a half years it's old. It's yeah. and gone to see its it's maker. Maker. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh Some of my tasting notes around this were very cola-like. Um, I actually wrote down this yeah. is uh, split between a blend of Pepsi and Sprite. Um, with a bit of cardboard. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, 
Yeah. It's actually not a terrible description, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And as it's warm, I keep it real, warm, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just I bring, mean, that's not bring it down off. to full yeah. blown idiot, yeah. you know, tasting notes. Yeah. Well, as it, we dusted the, the the dust off the bottle, I thought this was once a really good beer. Yeah. Once yeah. a really good yeah. beer. Yeah. 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 Maybe just, so. The yeah. thing I like about this beer is it shows kind of the breadth of styles you can have in, in mm. Belgian beers. I feel sure. like some styles are way more rigid. Like a German pills, you know exactly what to expect. Yeah, exactly. Belgian Dubol, this is on the lighter end. They can be a little bit lighter in color, a little bit darker, then a little more richer, fruitier. And I think this one is like its mm. brother, the eight is is much lighter in every characteristic, flavor, intensity. Um, it's a beautiful beer. If you could find it fresh, I think right. you would really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. It's a little unbalanced right now. I think. It's yeah. nasty. Yeah. I just had another taste. Slightly it's oxidized. Been, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, uh, after it's been sitting out here for about a half hour with us. It is just it traveled the long way to get here. Wow. Man, it, uh, it, did. it didn't improve yeah. with age. It didn't improve, period. It it really took a turn for, uh, you know, the South, for sure. It, as it warmed up, it did. I, my last sip there was probably the best of the bunch. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm sure in its prime, it's, you know, it's gorgeous. But even for it being as old and as bad as it is, it's still tolerable, though. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. I wouldn't use the word bad. Which you could yeah. say slightly oxidized and it's a little mm. well a little yeah iffy. the thing i like about this conversation is is that i mean how many of us that sell our beer we always go uh belgians you can sell her forever sure right yeah yeah we I mean, say how, many, that, how many times yeah. have we uh said that you know to other people as well as you know we have that in practice and i think this is a prime example where yeah, not so much. And I don't yeah. know if this was light blighted, you know, or skunked right. maybe a bit. Yeah. Um, well, it's the difference between cellaring and shuffling across the country and across the world. I mean, so things being in bottles, being in movement and being in different in micro environments and, you sure. know. Sure, different that's a, temperature changes. I don't yeah. know the recipe yeah. here, but I think for for all of these beers from, from this brewery, they are more, uh, they tend to be, they've tended more hop forward maybe than a lot of Belgian, like classic Belgian styles. Like a couple of these beers, I, the, the hop presence was, was in there. I mean, it was noticeable. Oh, you yeah. Know, it wasn't just yeast and malt. You know, there was, I get that. There was eight. some fruitiness. There was like some late edition hops, you know, like fruity aroma type stuff. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you're giving a preview of that next one. You talk about so a maybe this beer. this one, yeah, maybe this one's fallen off in that respect. You know, mm. well, it's a little like to me. It's just more like but a string. You know, yeah, it's astringent more it's than anything else. But yeah. anyways, but I think the question I wanted to throw out is: Would you go back and sell her these beers? I mean, based on what this experience was mm. with this, mm. you know. Yeah, look at them. They're like yeah. mm, the twelve. I that. think the twelve for sure. The right? twelve, yeah. twelve holds up. I think yeah. the eight could under the right conditions. Sure. But I, I, I think like most beers, they're best fresh. And that six is probably going to hold up a year or two. But you're you're generally going to want to drink it Maybe sooner the triple. than that. Maybe the triple could stand a little shelf time. You know. Hmm. This is a bottle with a message in, and the message is, beware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the six only being a, a 6.7% well, alcohol. yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Uh, you really need 8% or above yeah. to sell her yeah. for a long yeah. period of time. So this really isn't the one that you're going to sell her. Yeah. I yeah. mean, not that you necessarily would anyways. Because so this is a good Correct. lesson learned that 
it's not just a matter of the style of the beer or the yeast component, you know, that you're really working with or if it's infected, you know, if you're looking for some bottle conditioning of some kind. You really have to uh, pay attention to the style of beer that you're working with as well. And, well, I, and I think ABV is a good uh, mm-hmm. a good. Yeah, I think eight percent. Eight percent is minimum. I think as I think as Mark pointed out, the the only beers like like the 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 quad would be like how often you know they wouldn't be served that often. So it's going to no. be it's, that is an yeah. aging and, beer. And, and all of these lower beers were drank way more frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? so they probably wouldn't even get a chance to. I've had cellars. I have some yeah. Delta quads that I've probably had in excess of ten years that I've pulled yeah. out that yeah. are just <laughs> amazing. You yeah. know, yeah. Really like yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got this twelve actually in a Magnum bottle that I've been saving for a special occasion. It's Attaboy. in my cellar fridge so sitting at 55 degrees it's mm. at least five years old and mm. i'm i'm guessing it's still just fine i'm it's so disappointed yeah. that you know with reverend mark butchering so much of the preamble you know background that he was a special fine. occasion <laughs> <laughs> i should have brought it yeah. <laughs> well today we are reading the um the patcher six a three but i'm sure that in different circumstances, it would be a lot higher. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Maybe. Sorry, guys. But we can only imagine. True. We can only work with what we got. So now, moving on, let's go to something slightly more ABV. <laughs> in the triple. So it's a traditional Abbey beer that follows the classic triple style. In the Watu region, a triple is often referred to as a... Bernadette? Oh, God, forgive me, Belgium. Forgive me. We're never getting in there. No, we're not. A fine tribute that pays homage to Bernadette, who was the youngest daughter of Ivariste Deconic, the man whom the monks of Abbey St. Marie Dumont de Cut sold their Belgian property in 1934. Okay. That's that's a, that's a lot of verbiage. See. Yeah. A lot of verbiage. <laughs> but Boy. what a completely differently beautiful color on this one. Yep. Yeah, that's yes. one of the biggest differences. A lot of people think Belgian beer is dark and triples Not have all. a gorgeous no. deep gold color that's yeah, just they're brilliant. Just, I mean, uh, the number of times I looked and tasted and and between getting a Belgian, uh, a golden Belgian and a triple, you know, really screwed up, that's pretty easy to do. That tip-off is a Pilsner Mall, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think is usually the big the big tip-off difference between the two. And the usually Belgian golden is a bit sweeter and there's a lot more banana. You can right. smell it yeah. more. You know, uh, sure. forward on that. Triples are pretty hop forward of, of all the Belgian beers. They can be quite hoppy. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to uh, what the Triple Master has to say about uh, this beer, as well as making more beers. Yes. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Today is a special holy episode. <laughs> Sorry, I cut it off a little early. Clunk. Clunk. Wow. Okay. 
I'm sure there'll be some editing after this. So for those of you just joining, hi. We are discussing some beers from St. Bernardus, um, which is in Watu, which is a village in West Flanders, Belgium. Do they have the dogs there as well? <laughs> 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 what? <It's done. laughs> Just that's been bugging me. Like I'm sure they do. The dogs with the little uh They do the little cakes. Right, exactly. I'm the sure there's a yeah, slight said a different guy. They have people out there. <laughs> I think it's the same guy, different are you, region. Are you okay. the guy that right. wanders around Lower Broad? He goes, yeah. uh, is there music around what down is here? This thing down here going on. <laughs> What's going on down here? <laughs> well, I got to know, you know. Okay. It's like the more you know. Well, right before the break, we were going to start talking about the St. Bernardus Triple. Yes. So, yeah. let's, and we got into the color, but we now did. let's discuss. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I'll have to tell you that as a, as a, as a, as a home brewer, uh, the, the triple was one of the first Belgian beers that I brewed successfully. Oh. A lot. Uh, a lot. Yeah. After I got it down, I just kept repeating it. I said, if I got it right the first time, let's see if I can keep dialing it in. And for me, this one has, this particular St. Bernard's triple has always been the benchmark or has been one of the couple of benchmark triples that I aim for. When I which brew. is why Reverend Mark has the bottle sitting right next. Yes, to him. right. Yeah, he does. Keep your hands <laughs> off the bottle. No. <laughs> he's claimed it. He's claimed it. He's marked it. How, how much metal have you taken on with your Belgian triple? What fifty? Uh, yeah. Fifty golds. Well, you know, I've been competing for twenty years. Yeah. But I'd say that Easily. you know when I'm I'm always I've always got a triple in there, and um, you know there are just a few things you do. Uh, of course, use the very finest uh, Belgian Pilsner malt that you can come up with. Uh, and then I typically mash at a low temperature, which uh, uh, allows there to be more fermentable sugar. Uh, because I tend to like my triples on the dry, dry side, side and on the minerally yeah. side and not yeah. on the malty oh. side. Oh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting all the feels here. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. And one thing one thing also that I that I denote here is I as I swirl this glass around and look at the light foamy head, is that it is uh all these beers are well carbonated, but this one is very well carbonated. Yeah. And that's one thing I really like about triples is that typically when I'm bottling and I throw in my uh, priming sugar, I put extra sugar in just to make it even more effervescent. I mean, almost champagne-like, not quite, but right up there to being mm -hmm. champagne-like. And so I get that out of this one, too. Uh, I think also that this is a really great beer to start drinking as it's you pull it out of the refrigerator and just open it and drink it cold because there are certain things that you get, like the mineral and kind of the, the subtle spice that you get there at the very beginning. But then once it starts opening up, then some of the esters, the fruits start coming up. For sure. Yeah. So what, what I do when I brew them is I start out at a lower ambient temperature, and then once I'm about 50, 60% through the fermentation, I actually raise the ambient temperature a mm -hmm. little bit to get a little bit of fruit there at the end. But I like to start out cold so that it is mostly, you know, just a dry beer. Sure. Uh, and then it, it finishes with a high attenuation. So I think this beer 
is exactly what I aim for. Sure. This one right here is just uh, you a can't benchmark. you can't improve on this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And you can taste all those things in this beer. You, the Pilsner really yeah. stands out. Very much so. It's it's just every every element is is the Pilsner is definitely here. the star yeah. of this show. Yeah. You know, and in the scheme of things, this, well, exactly. I mean, what we have laid out is, you know, you look at this beer on the shelf and you're like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. maybe. And it's always there, right? I know, it's always there, but this is, this is a lesson in what it is to be a really good brewer and to know how your yeast works and to like, I mean, it's almost like being a conductor of a symphony. I know this sounds really cheesy, but... It's the blending of all of these different elements together in like perfect timing to be able to produce something like this. I like to use the tightrope analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tightrope exactly. between all these things. You, you know, know so. but you talk about breweries that make IPAs and oh, they're wonderful IPAs. Yeah, that's great and all. And throwing in like a ton yeah, of hops, yeah, yeah. you right. know, at a various times. here. Well, I mean, exactly. This is a multi-dimensional beer. This is here. so. This is so different, and there's so much love and care that goes into this that you taste, and then being able to draw out so many different flavors from when it's cold to when it warms up, and it completely changing. It's like sitting yeah. in front of a really good painting and then yeah. watching it sort of open up to you. Sure, and I, I think also there is a certain kind of. Uh, simplicity on the far side of complexity in yep. this beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that that it, it it's really a very simple beer. If you look at like your 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 grain your malt, bill, your, your, your grain bill, it's mm-hmm. just like it's Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. You might you might put a little bit of aromatic in there. Uh, sometimes I'm these days I might put a little acidulated, but not always. I also you know tend to. Put a little bit of wheat just to promote, especially beer like this, a little bit more persistent. Not weed. Hey, what? Not weed. Is it that episode already? We are not recording in Denver. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's coming, Mark. It's coming. (laughs) Uh, But really, yeah, it's a very simple beer, and yet there's just something exquisitely complex about it. If it's 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 super drinkable, but if you want to reflect on this beer, there's a lot to reflect on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So so balanced in so many ways. The one thing I like about this beer is when I poured it compared to the others, that gorgeous head that you were talking about, mm-hmm. but that opens up a lot of those notes. And that's where I got the hop those hop notes originally. You know, yeah. a lot of these are you know, I was getting malt right away, you know, caramel toffee. Mm-hmm. But on this one, I those More floral, yeah. those herbal yeah. notes yes. that, yeah. that were just popping exactly up when it was freshly yeah. poured. It was, yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah. That's why you, yeah, you really need to enjoy this beer over the kind of the temperature spectrum, you yeah, know, from freshly poured, cold out of the refrigerator, and just as let we it have sit. right here, it, yeah. yeah. And I and I think we've really seen how well you know this beer has held up even over a half hour, you know, sitting in the glass, uh, for sure. I have this really uh, this interesting activity that's kind of happening out in front of me uh, with uh, somebody that's kind of being introduced to beer for the first time, where they really don't like a lot of hops, you know, and hoppy beers. And so they're chasing all of these Saisons and they think that, you know, Saisons are like, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. They I, are. Uh, they are. I, I knew you were going to say that. So, <laughs> but, but there's so much variation with Saisons. Yeah. There's so much variation. It's a, it's a yeah. blurry playing field. Yeah. There. But the other thing that's playing out is that I'm really, uh, I actually had one of Mark's triples, uh, in, um, 
in a flight and this person happened to pick it up and they were enjoying it and they were like, wow, what's this? And I go, I don't know. What do you think of it? You know? And they were like, I think this is, this is really good. It's not a Saison. And I go, you are correct. It is not. Right. And I, you know, they're like, well, it has like a bigger mouthfeel, you know, to it. And I'm like, wow, that's the first time this person has used mouthfeel, you know, correctly. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think if anything, uh, it, I didn't really think about, you know, um, as watching somebody's kind of journey with beer and kind of learning, you know, watching their palate kind of evolve, this is kind of that half granny step, you know, mm. to beers that uh, are not necessarily hop-free, but I would not consider this hoppy. This is definitely a very malt-forward beer. Right, right, uh, right. So it has, you know, a lot more floral, kind of bready, you know, kind of quality to mm-hmm. it. Um, and... Uh, I think a lot of people would would really embrace you know this and how many times have we've said um, if we move back to a lot of the base beer styles and stopped with a lot of the adjunct city, how many times would that really show the quality of the beer making that really is at play? Sure, because right. I have had so many triples that are hosed and screwed up. Yeah. Um, sure, and yeah. so that is to me. That simple recipe is almost, you know, like 90% technique at the end of the day. It is. It's technique, and it's also, as you learn to brew, and as I consult with with people that are wanting to get into that as a hobby, I say, you know, you've got to learn to brew true to style. And this is one of those styles that you really need to practice. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally concur because for as simple as you said the recipe is, it's those subtle differences, mm-hmm. the, those nuances, I should say, that really make the difference between a meh and a ooh, you know? Right. The skill right. of the monks and, and taking something is the such simple ingredients and making it complex without using breakfast cereals mm-hmm. in their mash mm-hmm. is, is astounding. It is very simple and it's amazing and it's right. it's a holy work <laughs> right well, to catch that. Did, he, did he say the monks use this in the breakfast cereal yeah. that's what i heard yeah. no, is that fruity, what you heard no that's fruity pebbles heard. necessary no, no. And you know one thing monks. we've been harping on all along in this you know in this this the show about about all these belgian beers is that the yeast is so much a part of the the character more than than a lot of other kinds oh, of beers sure, on the market sure and I think another thing that to learn as you're learning to brew Belgian beers is to like split a batch and use two different kinds of Belgian strains just yeah. to see exactly what the, these yeasts do. Yeah. And it's a, it's amazing what you'll get. And this is really like one of the best beer styles to do that with. Right. You know, saisons as well. But. I don't brew like you guys, though. I'd like to have there will be another episode where I can I can I'm, I'm biting my tongue over here. <laughs> I think it's great to brew to style. I do. I think it's it's educational, and I think you learn a lot. But I I, 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 I think that's what Reverend Mark's hitting at. If you're a yeah, brand yeah. new brewer, yeah. brew to style. Otherwise, you'll never know if you're any good or not. Yeah, yeah you got to know. Not, the, don't yeah. go for I'm the not, raspberry not, IPA milkshake. That's not know. what I'm saying either. But I, I don't. I'm not sure. I agree. Give the world a break no. on lactose. Well, <laughs> but my my logic is as when I started out, I wanted to brew to style because yeah. Yeah. there were some benchmark beers that I really enjoyed. So is brew to style anything that doesn't have fruity pebbles in it because i mean i you know well that's not what i'm saying no that's that's a style now (laughs) it is a style style. it is a style but if you think these this uh, mark represents a generation of of home brewers that were 
uh, competitive and we're active in competitions, and, and there were and there were marks that needed to be, pardon the pun, needed to be hit along sure, the way. Sure, not you, but, yeah, yeah. But, right. but benchmarks that needed to be hit. And I don't know, man. I think I've represented a generation of brewers that that just say we, you know, I'll call this beer a saison, but it's not a saison. I'm, right. I'm like hopping it with. Well, Citra. Well, you can yeah, call so. a saison. I mean, a saison can be almost anything. Because it is. It's, it's that's a, farmhouse. a that's a bad example. A trip. Yeah. A triple is pretty much has right. to be a triple. No, I love all the innovations yeah. that are going, on, and I do that myself. But I think that my point about brewing true to style is that it's kind of like learning to play the piano. Just learn. Yeah. Learn yeah. your scales. Yeah, and, and learn and your chords before and you get your start. Basics down. Yeah, before you start going into atonal music. Learn your learn your scales. Yeah, and and so or as they say in writing, you got to know the rules to break the rules. Yeah. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. You came here for an argument. <laughs> I would, I would, so, love, I would so, love to have this argument, but not today. <laughs> okay. So for the St. Bernardus Triple that yep, we to, are loving and adoring, and adoring back, yeah, we're going to. Rate this a four. Yeah. Uh, Although I think for some people this might be a five. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote uh, me a included. Four slash five. Yeah. yeah. Now the last beer that we're going to discuss today is the Saint Bernardus Wit. Yay! It is a traditional, unfiltered Belgian white beer. It was developed in collaboration with Pierre Celis, the legendary, uh. and I mean legendary master brewer who founded the Ho Garden Brewery. Brewing their signature beer that was the driver of the resurgence of white beer or whip beers in the 1950s. Now, of note, what is really cool about this particular... Exactly. So for a little over a year now, (laughs) we're able to get this beer. Pass that around. Pass that that around. That's sexy. (laughs) In the U.S. market only, I might add. That's why I was curious. Yeah. Such a great style. And and it's a good, you know, when you think summer beer, this is one of my summer beers. And now that you can buy it in a can and take it anywhere, take it to the beach, take it on a boat. Yep. It's brilliant. All the things. You should take every white claw out of your cooler and put one of these in. Absolutely. (laughs) Wit claw. (laughs) And having it in a can, and for those of us that live in the South, you know, it's all about having beers in the can for the summer to enjoy our summer activities. Pack it in, pack it out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how how perfect. And And I hope that this- This is a beer you want to pack. Exactly. I I hope this this helps them sell even more. Love this beer. Classic coriander, orange peel. This is just, you know, Belgian wet city, you know, all day long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost prototypical. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. yeast, the yep. every, everything's yep. here. It's just a, a standout beer. Very classy. And we rated the St. Bernardus Wit a four. So, briefly, do we want to talk about the difference between Trappist beers and Abbey Ales? Mm, let's just talk about the flight for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Great flight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was definitely Belgian 101 city right here. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, if you're interested in trappy and or abbey style beers, hit all the St. Bernardus. And it's it's in your it's wherever you buy your beers in the Belgian section, this these beers are there almost a hundred percent of the time. That's the great thing. Yeah, and I think there's something for everyone going from, you know, really light beers like the wit that's yep. very coriander spicy, all the way to the deep dark fruits. Yeah, you see that A B T twelve on the beer list. 
Yeah, you're getting a glass of that. Yeah, especially on tap. What does that mean? I don't care, but they told me to order it. Exactly. <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode, everyone. Oh. I know. I know. I'm just getting started. It's fun. <laughs> Sorry. You can always find us where you found this episode, as well as on radio, satellite, online at iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and nearly any place you listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google Play Podcast Sip Suds and Smokes. I'm here somewhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and... We love your feedback, and you can reach us online wherever Reverend Mark finds a section of info at SimpsonsAndSmokes.com. Sorry, God, I'll script. Glad that wasn't me. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day at SipsudsSmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Please take the time to rate this episode if you're listening online. Go to Y. Kendall. Please tell us about your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at BeerMix3.com. Go to boy Mike. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Come back and join us for another great episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. And I'll ask you to keep on sipping. Good old boy, Kendall. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Good old boy, Caperton. This was fun. I love this episode. Always good to be here. Reverend Mark. Hey, as a man of the cloth, this is the beer I desire the most. So thank you for inviting me to the table. (laughs) (laughs) This is good old gal, Juliana being enlightened by the higher ones today. (laughs) Keep on chuggling and we'll catch you next time. One Tan Hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 